Brazil, Philip Murdoch. And uh, the, teenage, the teenagers are staying in. Have the children been released yet? Because I, I don't see any children. Children, you're out. Youth, you're in. And Philip, you're up. Okay. Wow. What a, what a blessing. What a tremendous opportunity to be with you guys. How are you guys doing? Everyone doing well? It's got some weather out there today, huh? I hear that that's not the way San Diego should be. I'm from Rio. I was born in Rio. It's, uh, it's the nicest city in Brazil. And uh, it's also kind of like the San Diego of Brazil. It's beautiful. Usually beautiful weather. Sometimes we get rain and things. It's not this cold usually, but uh, it's, it's a great place. And t- today I wanted to, to share with you a, a few things that I've got going on and, and, and see, you know, if it, it, it can challenge some of you. And what I was feeling as I walked in uh, to, the, to the auditorium today, I was feeling that what the Lord, I believe the Lord is going to do is pour waves of faith over you guys today. Pour waves, waves of faith in, into your lives. How many of you are going through something in your life right now? You're, you're going through an issue, something in, in your life. Something, it could be a decision. It could be like a, a decision that's kind of, you know, do I do this or do I do that? Or maybe it's a, something in your heart. You feel, wow, I feel like I should be doing this, but everything in my mind is telling me to do that. Any, any decisions like that in your lives? Sometimes we go through difficult things. And so today I wanted to, to share with you about a few difficult issues sometimes we go through and how that can be a blessing in your life. You know, so if, if we never went through difficult times... We would never grow. Did you know that? If we never went through an issue that kind of stretched us, we would stay the same always. And so what I've learned in my life is that now when something difficult comes to pass... I lift up my head and say, great, this is wonderful. What a great opportunity for, to grow in my life. So let me, let me uh, share with you a verse which kind of shows that. It's kind of a verse that I got a revelation on uh, recently when I went through a difficult issue. In, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 and 16, uh, Ephesians 5, 15 and 16 says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. You know, what, what strikes me about this, this verse, if you just hold it up there for a second, it, it, what it says is that difficult days or, or evil days are days of great opportunity. That's what it says to me. So the days of great opportunity are the days that are the evil. Or in other words, take, make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And so uh, sometimes we have difficult days. Anyone had a difficult day in the past? I want to show you a little video. My wife was here a few uh, months ago and uh, shared with you a little bit. And so I want to show the video that, uh, that really impacted my life. It's a video that, that was shot over about a month or two months period. Uh, during the beginning of what she was going through. So why don't we watch that and, and uh, I'll get back to preaching to you in a second. Uma 
americana que mora no Brasil há 12 anos foi agredida na orla da Barra da Tijuca, na zona oeste da cidade. Veio um cracudo com uma barra de ferro e acertou a cabeça dela. O estado de saúde dela é grave. Ela está internada em coma no hospital Copadó. René Murdoch teve traumatismo craniano e já passou por uma cirurgia. Ela deve passar por mais duas cirurgias. A noite foi de orações pela recuperação de René Murdoch. Quando eu vi ela, é, foi um choque, é, não, não há dúvida. Ela estava ela é, quase irreconhecível. As imagens foram gravadas logo após a agressão. Today is the 27th of, of uh, uh, October. She was attacked yesterday morning while she walked on the beach doing her exercise by a homeless man who was obviously disturbed mentally and he hit her with a large piece of wood several times, knocked her to the ground and, uh, unconscious and kept hitting her until people rescued her. Uh, on the left side of her head, a piece of bone about, about this big was removed. On the right side of her head, basically the whole skull has been removed. She is in a critical life-threatening condition at the moment, but, uh, um, and, and the medical prognosis is, is not good. Uh, however, we believe that for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose, uh, all reports are always good. Hello everybody, uh, we're here right by Renee. This is day, the second report, today is the 28th of October. And we're here with Renee by her bedside. Uh, this is two days after the attack. The reports from the doctors obviously in this phase are conflicting. Some, some are positive, some are not so positive. Uh, but we know that even though we listen to, to, to the truth that the doctors say, there is one who is the way, the truth, and the life. And uh, his words uh, and his truth is above any truth we can hear here control. Up to what we see in the spiritual. There's a great verse I've been meditating on in Romans chapter, uh, Romans chapter 4 verse 17, uh, where God gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. And this is what we're praying for. We know the reality now, but we know the supernatural reality. And we're bringing the reality up. We're bringing Renee from this state to the state that she is in that photograph. Okay. And this is what's going to happen. And we're going to see it in faith. They will have good news. I'm praying that tomorrow she would open her eyes and understand uh, her, her surroundings. So if you could pray with me for those. Today was the best day yet. It's the sixth day that Renee has been here. She has uh, uh, opened her eyes today. Uh, she uh, sat up with a physical therapist and she even stood up this morning. She has shown signs of, of understanding what's going on. It was another, another great day, but uh, still a long way to go. And so there's still a lot of prayer that we need. But yesterday, we prayed that we would have communication. Today, we have communication. The day before yesterday, we prayed that she would open her eyes. And she opened her eyes. So every step of the way, we're able to get another miracle. Last night, we prayed that Renee would... Uh, communicate more. Well, today she's communicated a lot more. We have a great, very bold prayer request that we would be able to remove this tube that is her her food, uh, her feeding tube. And so pray with us. That's a pretty bold request. Uh, the doctors are, are thinking that they're not going to be able to do it. 
But let's pray that that would be able, we'd be able to do that. Last night, we prayed, I don't know if you remember, that she would be able to uh, remove her feeding tube. And, uh, and really, the doctor said no. But in the middle of the night, she removed her own feeding tube. We're going to pray uh, this, this video. We're going to pray that tomorrow she will be able to walk around the room. And we're going to pray that today she's advanced more. She's walked to the bathroom. She is uh, took a, a shower today. She brushed her own teeth, holding wow. holding the, the toothbrush, which was really fantastic. Today she walked uh, down the hallway for the first time. Did it twice in the morning and in the afternoon. Uh, all of a sudden, this morning, the doctor said that Renee was well enough to leave the semi-intensive room and go and be transferred to a regular room. Thank you for. Okay, guys. So, uh, you know, sometimes we go through difficult times in our lives. You know, that was a, a particular difficult time. I hope that none of you guys go through anything quite like that. But sometimes God uses issues in our life to raise us up, to build our faith so that we and also to build other people's faith. From the day that that this happened, the first day. Uh, you saw all the news reports and the media reports. The first day, they, there was a media report. She's an American, and it was right before the World Cup in Brazil. And it happened in the supposedly safe part of Rio. So all of a sudden, all the media swamped there. And all of a sudden, we're on every like, several times a day, 26 national media stories. And, and they interviewed me on the first day. And I don't know why this happened, but I just said... Uh, I, I started telling them that there's a verse in the Bible that says that the Apostle Paul, he was beaten and dragged outside the camp and left for dead. But when the disciples gathered around him, he got up and walked back into that same city. And, and then I said, that's what's going to happen to Renee. And so let me, I want to talk to you a little bit about how faith wells up in our lives and what we need to do to, to have faith well up in our lives. You know, there are two types of people, basically. In, in the world. They're the, they're the people that ask the why question. And then they're the people that ask the how question. The people that ask the why question, they, 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 they say, you know, why did this happen to me? A anyone ever heard people say that? Why, why is this happening to me? What, what did I do in the past that, je that caused this to happen? What did somebody else do? What did my parents do? What did my kids do? What, what, why did this happen to me? And so, and a lot of times we, we are, we're, we're tempted to ask those questions. And I, I was tempted to ask those questions. And so I asked them, you know, and, and you know what the Lord told me? Nothing. I still don't know why it happened. I have no idea. I have no idea why it happened. But the other kind of people are the how people. When, when this happened, uh, uh, a pastor called me up in the first week. And, uh, you know, a lot of pastors were calling me up. A lot of people across Brazil were praying. I, I know you guys were praying. Lots of other churches were, were, were praying. And this pastor called me up and he said, God told me why this happened. I said, really? He said, yeah, God told me why this happened. And, and he said that he said, God told Renee not to go out running that day. And she disobeyed him. 
I said, okay, great, thanks. All right. <laughs> Thank you. You know, the, 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 the thing is that the, the, the why people, they have, it, it, it doesn't help. The why question doesn't advance our life. The why, you know why the why question doesn't advance our life? Because the why question has to do with the past. The how question has to do with the future. And how am I going to get through the Lord? Help me. How am I going to get through this? The why question has to do with the past. And really, if you ever want to know if you're operating in faith or if you're not operating in faith, it's a very simple litmus test. The question is, does, do, is what is in my heart have to do with the future or is what is in my heart have to do with the past? If it has to do with the past, it's not of faith. It's over. The past is over. If it has to do with the future, then it's going to inspire you. It's going to lift you up. It's going to build you up. If, you, if it has to do with the past, you, you, you can't, you can't, it, it, there's, no, there's no faith in that. There's no faith. It's, you know, there's an interesting uh, uh, parable uh, of the talents. And, and you know, uh, the master comes and he calls three of his servants and he gives them each a talent according to their, uh, t- to their ability. And the interesting thing is the first guy doubles the talent. The second guy doubles his talent too. And the third guy doesn't double anything. But the, of the three people, of the three people, the third servant is the one the only one who claims to know the master. He says, I knew you were severe. I knew you were a hard man. I knew you. And and he claims to know the why to everything. Why I'm going through this because you're hard. You, you sow, you reap where you do not sow. And all of a sudden he had all the answers solved, but they were all solved in the past and none of them were solved in the future. The, The other two servants wanted the how. How do I get through this? What am I supposed to do now? Let me tell you something. If you want to move in your life with waves of faith, you need to focus on the future and the how and what, what is going to happen in, in the future. Focus on what God has for you in the future. And you know, there's another parable, the parable of the prodigal son. The prodigal son has two, two sons. Both of them knew their father. Both of them knew their father. One of them focused on the past. He was constantly focusing on this son of yours. He squandered everything on prostitutes the past he squandered in the past this son of yours uh, has has wasted everything he had and then he goes on to talk more about the past all these years i served you like a slave and you never gave me a even a small goat to have a party or have or to celebrate with my friends well I, he probably didn't have any friends to celebrate with anyway but but everything had to do with the past had to do with the why had to do with what happened before the youngest son did everything kind of a lot of things wrong but he always focused on the future he said i will get my inheritance it's wrong but it still had to do with the future. Then he said, I will go to a distant land, future. Then, then things didn't work out. He lost everything. And then he said, I will work for a man. He was trying to solve things in his own strength. It didn't work. But he was still focusing on the future. And then he realized that didn't work. And he said, I will return to my father. I will talk to him. I will repent. I will. And, and he was constantly talking about the future. Let me tell you something. When you go through a difficult time in your life, it's no good focusing on the past. It, that, there is not a drop of faith in the past. 
Every single bit of faith is in the future. Every little bit of, of, of faith has to do in the future. With Renee, uh, it was, you know, there, there was the first day they told me that, you know, I'm, I'm basically very optimistic. Basically, nothing bad ever happens to me. You know, it's true that I got robbed at gunpoint. It's true that everything, but in my mind, everything's always good. <laughs> it's true that my wife was hit by a homeless guy with a, with a big piece of wood and she was about to die. But basically, everything always works out for me. And so when, when this happened, uh, I had to decide, what, what is my perspective going to be? What am I going to think? What is, what is it that I am believing God for? And, and uh, so I started focusing and deciding what I was going to do. And, and, and I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you are totally hopeless. And, and you think, you know, what do I have that, is, that can contribute anything to this? I'm an engineer. I'm not a doctor. I'm a pastor. What do I have that can contribute anything to this? Well, let me tell you something. God wants to use you today in whatever situation that you are confronting at this time. And you know what I believe? I believe every single one of us today has something that we are dealing with. It may be a crisis in our family. It may be a crisis with one of our kids. It may be a decision and we you know, feel that God wants us to move in one direction, but in our analysis, we, we, we're afraid of moving in that direction. Let me tell you something. Today, I am praying... I've been praying, and I'm praying that the Lord is going to open a floodgate so that waves of faith can move in your life. And some of the decisions you're going to make over this week are going to be decisions that you move, advance the ball in your life in a, in a phenomenal way. Some of you guys are about to move into new levels of faith and new levels of believing and new levels of, of, of moving things forward in your life. You, you guys receive that? I really believe it. I really believe it. So I wanted to talk to you a few uh, uh, about some key things that need to happen when you are moving in, in, in an area of faith. Three key things that need to happen. The first thing is... Uh, honesty and transparency. You know, so a lot of times we, we feel that if we, we feel like we don't want to be truthful about what happens. Sometimes we hear the doctor give us a report and our religious tendency, you know, is to say, no, that's, that's not true. Let me just tell you something. Uh, I've, I've dealt with a bunch of doctors. They know what they're doing. They don't know everything. But they know their level of, of medical expertise. They know it well. And, and I think it's, it's wise to listen to them. But what isn't wise is to think they know, they know the future. They don't know the future. That's, God knows the future. But they know what's happening now. And so, it's, it's, so a lot of times if we hide our head in the sand and say, you know, that isn't the truth, that's the wrong way to go. The right way is to say that is the truth. And that is a truth. That is a level of truth. But I know the way, the truth, and the life. And so don't, don't be worried about, about people telling you something because what they tell you is not going to destroy your faith. Okay? This, this is really important. What people tell you is not going to harm your faith. Your faith is bigger than that. And frankly, your faith is, isn't, didn't come from you. 
God gave it to you. Your faith is a gift of God that God put in your life. And so no matter what comes your way, you, you are going to rise up and, and, and conquer that situation. A lot of times we think that if we hear something negative, then our faith is going to collapse. It's not. It's not, it's not your faith, it's his faith. His faith is in you, so it's not, it's not going to collapse. A lot of times we get scared to give value to other things. So when Renee was going through this, I wanted to know everything. I'm, I'm an engineer. I wanted to know. And so I came up to the doctors on the first day, and I said, listen, uh, so, you know, she'd been through two brain surgeries. And I went up to the doctor about 3 in the morning in the intensive care unit in a, a public hospital, and I said, so uh, when could we go home? You know, when, when, when uh, you think we can go home tomorrow? And he, and he said, he looked at me like kind of disbelief. And, and he said, Philip, you hadn't understood the situation. I said, well, well what? He said, look, see, see her bed over there? I said, yeah. He said, see that guy over there? I said, yeah, he's a doctor. You see those other two uh, people next to him? I said, yeah, they're nurses. I said, good. And then he said, they're working 24 hours right now so that, they're, so that perhaps she'll still be awake, still be alive tomorrow morning. I said, oh, okay. He said, so let us work. And so I just stood there for a while. A few more hours passed, and he said, let me show you something. And he pulled up a prognosis of uh, what would happen with, with her. So this is a... Uh, there's a pretty detailed prognosis, medical prognosis for brain injuries because there are lots of brain injuries, motorbike accidents and car accidents. And this was a study done with 10,000 patients across many countries. It's a, study, it's a British study. And the hospital we were in, the public hospital, uh, participated in the study. So they plugged in her, her, uh, her variables. Uh, one pupil was dilating. The other one wasn't. She had a Glasgow of five when she arrived at the hospital, which is a measurement of coma, uh, a, a coma scale. Uh, Fifteen is normal. Three is brain dead. Uh, she had a five. Uh, Michael Schumacher, when he arrived at the hospital, he had a nine. He was much better off. He was walking. And he was a bit dazed, and, and, uh, but he was walking. And, and, then, and now he doesn't, you know, he's, he's, uh, doesn't speak, doesn't walk. Uh, so she, she was really bad off. A four, uh, before, just before operation, she, she failed, fell to a four. So she was really in, in bad shape. But they started operating on her. And, and then he said, this is the prognosis that she probably will die. The, it's a 60% chance of death within two weeks. That was, and then it's a 92% chance of severe... Uh, uh, se- severe... Um, disabilities after two weeks, severe disabilities that may, uh, and I said, well, what are those severe disabilities? And they said, well, for the first one would be um, uh, never leaving the hospital. There's a 92% chance that she'll never leave this hospital, or if she does, she'll have home health care for the rest of her life. And I said, well, so there's an 8% chance that, that uh, you know, that she, she'll be healed, right? And he said, well, uh, not exactly. Uh, the 8% chance, most of the 8% chance, would be moderate disabilities. I said, well, what's that? He said, well, moderate disabilities is not remembering things. It's a blindness. It's uh, being deaf. It's uh, not walking, uh, be, being in a wheelchair. 
And I said, okay, so what percentage would be that? And he said, about six of that 8%. So I said, there's another 2% chance, right? And he said, well, most of that 2%, if you ever did get to that 2% chance, there's, uh, most of that would be a slight disabilities. And I said, well, what are slight disabilities? He said, well, blindness in one eye, deafness, uh, uh, having difficulty with short-term memory, walking with a walker, uh, never being able to drive. And I said, really? And so how much of that 2% would be that? He said, probably a little more than 1%. And, uh, and I said, so, uh, you know, what are the chances of her being totally well? He said, Philip, you know, in, in science, you can always have something that is out of scale. You know, some, you can always have a, an abnormality or something. But basically, I don't think you should think about that. I don't think that you should focus on that because that's not going to happen. Your life has changed. You know, the situation has changed. That's not going to happen. And I, and I told him, I said, well, I, I believe it is. Is that okay if I believe that? He said, well, look, I really think that's a bad idea. And I said, well, I'm going to believe that it is. And you know what happened? You know, just kind of you heard the testimony when Renee was here. But the situation has, uh, and for many years, I thought that, it, that she was like a 1% chance of recovery, and she recovered, and it, she, she's totally fine. She spoke here a few months ago, speaks around Brazil, travels and speaks. But uh, after, recently, the group of neurosurgeons that worked on her decided to publish a, an article in a journal here in the States called NeuroCase. You can look it up. It's called NeuroCase. It's a, it's a study of neurological case studies and, uh, and what we can learn from them. And, and, the, and they called me in and they said, well, uh, can we publish this article? And I said, well, let me, let me read it. And so they, they showed it to me. And basically the article, the thesis of the article is that Renee's quality of life is better off now than it was even before. <laughs> And, 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 uh, and, and so I said, really? And he said, yeah, well, then he checked it. You know, he said, is it true that before her attack, uh, she used to preach once or twice a year? I said, yeah. And then he said, is it true that now since her attack, she preaches three times a week? I said, yeah, that's true. And then, then he said, well, is it true that before the attack, she used to get uh, pretty agitated when you had groups of your church over to the house and she was worried about everything being being clean and 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 so it, it generated stress in your family is that true and i said i said yeah and he said is it true that now you still have a lot of people over but there's not as much stress and i said yeah that's true and then he said well is the house clean i said yeah it's clean and uh do, do people have a good time yeah so the quality is improved i said wow and then he said is it true that in the past you used to have a um uh can I say that? <laughs> used to have, used to have discussions, agitated discussions with your wife. There you go. And I, I said, yes. And, and he said, and how about now? I said, well, it's less. Uh, less now. So, and then he said, so the quality of your life has increased. Is that right? And I said, yeah, it's increased. And he, and he said, you know, you thought it was a 1% chance that she got through. Imagine to inc- trying to increase your quality of life through surgery done by a homeless man and a fence post as, the, as his instrument. Think about the level of, uh, the statistical level for that to work out. That's like, you can't hardly even calculate that. 
And so God has been amazingly good to us. Not, not only that, but most miracles, we hear about miracles in church. But in Brazil, uh, this miracle was reported not by the Christian media. It was reported by the Brazilian NBC, the Brazilian CNN, the Brazilian Fox News, the Brazilian uh, uh, MSNBC. All of those channels were re- reporting live and everybody wanted Renee to get better. It's, it's an amazing thing. Everybody wanted to Renee to get better. And what was the consequence of that? Our church grew like crazy. People from all over uh, wanted to come to that church that, that talked about faith and healing. And it's, it's, it's just an amazing thing. We exploded. On the first Sunday after she got in, the main ABC affiliate, it's, it, it's a different company in Brazil, but like the ABC affiliate, came to our church and said, would it be okay if we did a program and transmitted from uh, your service live today? I said, sure. So they came in with all their equipment and things, and they saw our church was kind of a, 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 a you know, it didn't have any statues of Mary and things. And so, so they said, you know, uh, would it be okay if we set up a little table with some candles? I said, no. And I said, well, you know, we want to film through the candles and catch you preaching and film and get, you know, it'd be a really great image. I said, oh, yeah, but no. I said, okay. And so they filmed. And then the next Sunday they came back and filmed again live nationwide, nationwide from our church. It's amazing the things. And so, you know, going back to that verse, be very wise how you go through things in your life. Uh, Wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. If we are not honest, if we're not honest then we're going to miss out on all these opportunities. So don't be worried about, about talking or listening to people that have a little bit less of a revelation than you do. Uh, you know, the doctors have one level of revelation, but you have a superior level. So faith is the evidence of things that you cannot see. A lot of people get scared and they think that if we start seeing other things, our faith is going to diminish. It doesn't. Faith is the evidence of the things you don't see. It doesn't mean that you can't see the things other people see as well. I can see what the doctors see. I see that, but I can see further. Okay? I can see further out there than even what the doctors see because of the truth that is in me. And so the first key thing is, is honesty. I remember uh, people questioned me and they said, you know, uh, they saw these videos with my kids. And they said, you know, don't you think you should protect your children from this? Don't you think you should protect your wife from this exposure? And let, let me just talk to you a little bit about honesty. In our, our family, our whole life, we've grown up with real honesty in our family. We've grown up telling my kids the truth. And what I've come to realize is when we are not honest, what we do is we stunt the growth of those around us. When we are not honest about the things we're going through, when we're not honest when we, when we try and protect other people, we protect them from difficult things. But by doing that, we uh, stop them from growing and maturing. You know, these difficult things, I didn't create them. God knew that they were going to happen. So let's let God use these things to raise up our kids and those around us uh, and, and to build us up. You know, I, I think about it this way. I, uh, I grew up in a... My dad, uh, he's Brazilian, but we have kind of a British... You know, my grandparents were British, and I don't know. Can you tell by an accent? Yeah. So, yeah, a little bit. So, uh, and, and we had a tradition in our house. 
that every Sunday there would be a roast. And every Sunday that my mother would do this roast. And my dad, we'd all sit around the table. And my dad would carve this roast. And he'd, you know, it was real, it was a real big deal. And, and, and uh, I remember he would say to me, Philip, go get my knife. And uh, so when I go to open the drawer, there was one, there were many knives there, but there was one knife that was the knife, one knife. And so I'd pull that knife out and it was like perfect. It was made with Norwegian steel or something, you know, I, I don't know, something. And he put it there and he carved that thing and it was beautiful. That, that meat was just, just absolutely beautiful and he'd serve it and be wonderful. And so then I went, came to the States and I... I uh, uh, became a civil engineer, grew a family. And so when I came back to Brazil, all our family was sitting around the table and we invited my parents. And so I, I told my son, Micah, go get my knife. And Micah obviously said, which knife? And my dad looked at me like this. I'm trying to, I'm trying to you know, be the, the man of the house. And, uh, and I said, my knife, my carving knife. And, and uh, Micah says, you know, Dad, uh, which knife? And, and I said, just give me the knife. So he brought me a knife, you know. And, and so we, I put it out there, and, and everyone's sitting around the table, and it's wonderful. And I put that, that fork in that knife, and I start carving that. You know, beads of sweat falling. You know, like about putting my shoulder in it. Finally, there's one slice got carved. And, uh, and, and I look around the table, there are eight people, and everyone needs at least two slices, at least. And so I finally got through that, and, uh, and I went to look at that knife. And it looked like somebody had used that knife to open a manhole cover or something. <laughs> it, it, it was like full of chips missing. And you know what happens when we use our mouth? You know, the Bible uses the analogy of a sword or, or a knife for our, for our words and our mouth. When we use our, our speech and we don't tell the truth, you know, our ability to speak into spiritual realms still exists. His word is not void, but it takes a whole lot more effort. I don't know if you've ever wondered how come the new person that just got saved, they pray and everything happens. But for you, it takes a lot of effort in prayer. Have you noticed that? It, you know why? I believe that when we start using our 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 Faith language, incorrectly, opening manholes and cutting steel wire with our knife, it blunts it. It still works, but it'll take a lot more effort. But when we decide to be honest and transparent with those around us and with God about our feelings and the things we're going through, uh, we, we keep a fine edge on that, on that honesty. So the first thing about faith is, is honesty in your life. Just being honest. You know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it's, it's amazing. They, they had a, a, a bad day. They were going to get killed and thrown in a fiery furnace that was very hot. And, you know, their answer in truth was uh, they, they, they could have been that religious faith, saying, oh, we're gonna, it, everything will be fine. But they said, you know, we may die. We may die. That's what they said. You know, you, you might kill us. But know this, know this, that we will never bow down to you. We will, ne- you can, you, we will never bow down, even if we do get thrown. Look, look at this verse. It's in, uh, in Daniel three sixteen through 18. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, 
we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing fire, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. So that, you know, it's not less faith uh, contemplating a possibility that, the, uh, that, uh, uh, that they, they would die. Do you think they had less faith because of that? No, I think they had more faith. Let me tell you something. We don't always know exactly the end of the story. We don't always know the, exactly the end of the story. But we do know the absolute end of the story. We don't know every step of the story. But we do know that we serve a God who is amazing, who is powerful, who's going to supply all our needs. And that even if we don't know what our needs are, even if we don't know what our needs are. So the critical thing when you go through a difficult moment is just be honest. Be straightforward. Be honest about things. But be honest also about what God wants to do in your life. Second thing that's pretty amazing is uh, God has a way of wanting to use what you have. I don't know why. If I were God, I wouldn't do it this way. But God wants to use what you have in your hand. It's a, it's a weird thing. You know, if you, the multiplication of the loaves and the fishes. Uh, there was a young boy, and obviously there was a, a request sent out. The disciples went out to find out who had food. There were 5,000 people there. And this young boy, he... he Plus women and children, exactly. So 15,000 or 15 to 20,000 people there. And, uh, and this young boy heard that there was a need, and he knew he had two fish and five loaves. He knew he had that. But look what, how his mind could have thought. My food isn't going to help the problem. My food isn't going to help those 5,000 people. Imagine, if I open this up, people are going to have such an insignificant amount of food. It's not going to make a, any difference to the problem. But it will help me. <laughs> so if I keep it hidden after everyone leaves, I'll be fine. It, it, it makes more sense for me not to give this than for me to give it. You know, at least I will be fed if I don't give this. So that, that is how we think a lot of times. But let me tell you something. God wants to use what is in your hand. With this thing with Renee, uh, I, I knew this, this, uh, this truth, and I started thinking, you know, what is it that I have? What can I do? You know, I can't, I can't operate on Renee. I, I don't know what it is I do, what, what I can do. You know, God told Moses, what is that in your hand? He, he, had to, he had to deliver Israel. He had to stop it. What good would that do? Absolutely no good. But God wanted to use what he had in his hand. Today, God has uh, things that are in your hand that he wants to use. But sometimes we don't even realize, or we realize it in our heart, but in our mind we think this is so insignificant. And so sometimes we just prefer not to use it because it's safer, it makes more sense. But God wants to use what is in your hand. What was in my hand were friendships. You know, when Renee was, was in a severe, severe, almost brain dead, what I had was friendships. I had a network of pastors across Brazil and across the world, and I, and I figured I'm going to raise up 
an army of prayer. And I was really never known for that or never really any good at that. But I decided I'm going to make a little video every day in English and in Portuguese. And I'm going to put it on YouTube. And on the first day, I put something on, on YouTube. On the first day, I put it up. In about 30 minutes, I looked. There were 40,000 views. I said, strange. And then I got a phone call from the main news, like the ABC affiliate. And they said, would it be okay if we used your video uh, on, our, on our front page of our website? And I said, uh, I said yeah, that'd be fine. And, uh, and they said, well, we're sending over a reporter to get your release. And they said, so who does the video belong to? And I said, the video belongs to me. And they said, well, you're talking in the video. Usually the video belongs to the person who filmed. And I said, well, uh, my son, who's 13, filmed it with my iPhone. (laughs) They said, oh, so it's your video. So they came. And and so while they were coming, I looked. And my video was already up there without any release. That's why I was getting all these hits. And it went all across Brazil. People praying. People uh, uh, just, we began to build this army of prayer warriors. Let me tell you something. I don't know what it is that you have in your hand. But God wants to use something in your hand. The worst possible thing you can do is just to lay down and say, you know, whatever will be, will be. God wants to use what is going on in your life to advance you and others. And he can do that. And so I don't know what it is that you have in your life, what it is that you are able to do. But God wants to do great things in your life today. And the, the final thing that is, is uh, I think, key is to celebrate incremental victories. You know, when, when Renee, uh, you saw those videos of me, what, what you didn't see or you might not have noticed is that Renee's hands were tied to the bed. If you look back at the videos later, you'll see that her hands have ties that she's tied to the bed. And she hates being tied up. She always hated that. But as she was coming out of the coma for the first weeks, she started acting like a crazy person. And let me just tell you a little bit about me. When I got married, my biggest fear was that I would marry someone who was insane. In fact, I was so scared about it that when I took showers, for, for the first two or three years, I took showers and I would not... I would not close my eyes. I'd get my soap in my eyes and it'd sting. And I, I would not close my eyes. I, I'd, I'd let that shower run over my eyes like this, wide open. Because, uh, c- you know, I kept seeing that image. Doo, 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 you know, <laughs> and so uh, it, it's, and that's with my wife, you know. And then all of a sudden, this happened and Renee started coming out seeing hallucinations. I didn't talk about that on the videos, but she started seeing hallucinations. She started seeing piglets flying through the room and she started saying go castrate it say what are you talking about and then she she would see uh she she'd start using the foulest language i'd never heard renee use any language like that we've been married since we were 26 years old never heard renee use any language like that foul it's really bad language sometimes we we'd We'd had really famous people, the mayor and other people, come and visit us in the room. And, and very, like, top 
Christian singers like Michael W. Smith type, you know, people come and, and, and wanted to pray for Renee. And, and they'd come in and Renee starts saying, get this blankety blank person out of this room. And uh, uh, what are you doing letting this just, and, and it was really intense. And then one day she, I was preaching and my mother was there with her. And, and as I was preaching, church packed, packed full. I think it was the day when the, when, uh, the news media was there. Uh, but they, they filmed the first part. They weren't filming it this time. My associate pastor came up and said, I've got a phone call for you. You know, who, who, who interrupts the pastor when he's preaching? But it was my mother who was with Renee crying on the phone saying, please come to the hospital now. And, uh, and I said, well, I'm preaching. And she said, well, Renee just bit me. And, uh, and I said, okay. And Renee had bit her. Her arm was bleeding. You know, a lot of times, maybe you don't have the greatest relationship with your mother-in-law. You know, I, I don't know. I, I don't either. And I've thought, you know, I've wanted to bite my mother-in-law. I just never did it. But uh, so she, she, she was out of her mind. And, and so, uh, so how do you deal with things that are good and things that are not so good? celebrate the victories so the first day the first couple of days the doctors came up and said we feel like we we want to take the uh breathing tube out of her mouth and i said great and we celebrated that victory i remember when when her eyes opened it's not on that video but it's i did a video every day and her eyes opened we celebrated her eyes are open she was in a full full full-fledged coma she didn't know what was going on but her eyes did open so we celebrated that. And the next day, we celebrated that, uh, uh, you know, little issues, one thing after the other. She was still hallucinating. She was still biting my mother. She was still doing all these other things. But we celebrated the victories. Let me tell you something. The things that are, uh, are going to are happening in your life, and a lot of times we, we are trained wrong, and we focus on the problems instead of focusing on the Initial signs of God's moving and God's uh, uh, bringing things to pass. And we, we focus on the things that pull us back instead of the things that are happening and leading us into the future. Let me tell you something. Today I want to pray with you guys. But before I do, I want to tell you that, we, uh, uh, that I am uh, in a new phase of faith right now. I'm in a phase of, of bold faith for, for, the, for my next my next big step seems like in my life every few years god brings in a huge faith goal this one renee's healing that's been conquered she's preaching all around the united states and all around brazil she speaks to many more people than i speak she speaks to thousands of people every week i i don't i speak to hundreds of people every week she speaks to thousands. So when, when, we st- when she started traveling, I went, used to go with her. And, uh, you know, she'd get up and she'd speak and she'd say, look, say, welcome my, my husband. He is in the front row and I'd go like this and, and everyone would clap and then they'd listen to her. And, you know, I felt like David Meyer, Joyce's Meyer Joyce Meyer's husband. <laughs> it's just a horrible feeling, you know. I, I might, and, and so my ego couldn't handle it anymore. So now she travels it by herself. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but what what happened is God used things in an, in a powerful powerful way. 
And so celebrating small victories right now, that, that issue has been conquered, but God has brought up a new issue for me, a new, a new uh, step of faith. Yeah. yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butt, uh, butt in real quick because our time's running out, and I want, I want to capitalize on the few minutes we have left. Come on. Man. Yeah. I want you to pray for us. Then I want you to talk about the new vision yep. that God's given to you. And right. then I'm going to receive an offering for you and the new vision. But I, I, but I don't want you to go there yet because this is a pregnant moment. Yeah. How many of you were inspired today by this message? Yeah. Okay. If you want Philip, the Bible says this. The Apostle Paul said to the Roman church, I want to come to you so that I can deposit yeah. some spiritual gift in you so that you may be established. Philip is here today to deposit a spiritual gift of waves of faith. That's what I heard. So if you want that, will you stand to your feet? And I'm going to ask Philip to pray this prophetic prayer into our lives today. And then we're going to uh, hear about uh, this, this project that God's given to him. And then we're going to receive an offering for him. But I, I want to capitalize on this moment. So, Philip, will you pray yes. for, our, for our church today? Yes. Why don't you just raise up your hands? You know, and, and just envision yourself going to the beach and wave after wave beginning to flow over your lives. Waves of faith. The, maybe the, the, some of the waves are, are gentle waves and some of the waves are bigger and some of the waves are more intense. But these waves are coming in and flowing over you right now. Some of you guys need some gentle waves. Some of you guys need some waves that almost knock you down. But these waves are moving in and beginning to clean out your mind, to beginning to clean out the way you think. Father, I pray right now, Lord, that your waves of faith would just move healing through this place right now. That your waves of faith, Father, would focus our mind on the future, not on the past. That your waves of faith, Father, would focus our eyes on the great things that you have already done. That your waves of faith, Father, would focus our eyes on what we have in our hand that you want to use, Father. That it would remove our focus from how insignificant it is and would... Focus us on what you can do, Father, that your waves of faith would deposit right now in our hearts, Father. Your faith, Father, because it comes from you so that no man can boast, Father. But your faith, Father, that you would build it up right now. And Lord, I pray right now for the issues that some of us are going through right now. Father, in healing, Father, I pray, Lord God, that you would touch every person here, Father. Any person who is sick, Father, I pray, Lord, that your healing would move through their body in Jesus name, Lord. Father, I pray for the decisions that we need to take, Father, that you would well up, Lord God, that we would hear your voice and that it would be clear and easy, Father, to obey you, Lord. Father, I pray, Lord God, that in our hearts, Father, the things that we need to cut in the past in our lives, Father, some people, Father, going through issues, Father, that need deliverance, Father. I pray, Lord God, that you would give us faith, knowing, Father, that you are a good God, that we can get through it, that we will be victorious, Father. Deposit, Father, a new level of faith in each person here, Lord. In your name we pray, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray, Lord. Amen. Oh, grab a seat real quick. Thank you, Philip. So okay. we have uh, about uh, maximum five minutes. So you want to do the video and then receive, or you want yes, to do, we can do the video? Okay. Okay. So here's uh, here's what we're going to do. The video. How long is the video? Two minutes. So Philip was just up in L.A. meeting with a, a, a young man named Matthew Barnett, 
whose father's Tommy Barnett, and they, they built a dream center, the first one uh, in Phoenix, and now they're in L.A. and they're all over the place. These dream centers go into the inner cities to the brokenest of the broken, and they restore people's lives. They're called dream centers. So Philip uh, has already bought land with buildings on it in Brazil for a dream center to restore people's lives yeah. in Brazil. And we want to receive an offering for Philip and his ministry, as well as his dream center. One offering in just a moment. But watch this video. This is the way you guys will learn about the dream center. And then we'll bless the prophet of God. That is, that is just awesome. You just don't stop. You just won't stop. Just amazing. So as I said before, Philip uh, has helped pioneer 350 church, over 350 churches in the interior of Brazil, the poorest of the poor, where there's no churches, no Christian presence, uh, nowhere to start. And he just goes in there, gets people saved, starts churches. <clears throat> and this dream center, go ahead, you, you, this dream center is to restore people's lives. 
So let's pray for the success of this. You can give. Uh, the usher is going to come down in a minute. I'm going to pray. You can give today. You can also give online by going. You can always give online by going to our website. And you can earmark it, Dream Center, if you uh, want to give to Philip and you don't have your checkbook with you today or whatever. But um, why don't you guys come down. Lord, thank you so much for Philip. Can we thank, thank God for Philip this morning, church? Thank you so much for being here, Philip. You're such a great example. So let's pray. Let's, don't give it yet. Let's pray. I'm going to pray with this. Lord, thank you so much for Philip. Thank you for a man of God like this in all of our lives. We've been exposed to... Uh, a real uh, world changer today. It's a gift. We are very thankful. Lord, we want to bless him. You've said that if we bless those that come, that you send our way, that you will bless us, and that we will actually receive the anointing that's, that you've put in them, that it will transfer to our lives as we honor the prophets that you send our way. So we want to honor him today. But Lord, we also believe in this dream center. We are so comfortable here. So we've got to do something for those who have nothing. Or we are nothing. That's what you said. That without love we are nothing. But we don't want to be nothing, Lord. We want to be something in your hands. So today we give to this dream center. And we pray your kingdom come and your will be done to the least of these. And may the Gathering Place Church be on record in heaven that we are helping the least of these in your name. Amen. 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 Now the check's made out to uh, do it to the Gathering Place. And then, it, and then we'll give one check over to uh, Philip. So make out your checks to the Gathering Place. GPC is fine. GPC, Gathering Place Church. And then we'll make sure all that goes down. Also, Philip and Renee co-authored a book called It's a Beautiful Day, which is the testimony of his wife and, and what they went through. It's out on the back table. It's $10. So um, is Stuart here today? Who's uh, manning our resource table out there? Ken? Brother Ken. So Ken, and, and if you're going to buy the book that he and his wife wrote about their journey, um, make the checks out to L-A-N. L-A-N. Just L-A-N? L-A-N, L-A-N, LAN. So when you make a check or it's just 10 bucks for the book that he and his wife co-authored about what happened to her and her journey, I've read it. It's fascinating. Uh, it's out there on the table. So wait till the uh, ushers are done here. I'm going to ask the prayer teams to, um, as soon as you've given uh, your offering, slip on down front here. And uh, I don't know, I don't know um, if our prayers are going to work today here, down here in the prayer teams because one of the... One of the downsides to uh, doing church in a school is you can be prayed for by the Grim Reaper here, uh, the Adams family. You got you got you can be prayed for by the wolf that's howling at the moon next to the cross. If we opened up that screen back there, that curtain, you would see this massive Adams family thing. You got the angel of death over here. So the prayer teams are going to come down. I want to pray with you. Um, the last thing I want to say before uh, we pray for you and release you today. Wasn't this a great day today? Yeah. We got some great things coming up. Don't forget the water baptism next Sunday. If you've never been water baptized, get water baptized. Jesus wants you water baptized. We've got um, a new series we're launching next Sunday. 